Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. I got sick and tired of blowing money on trainings and coaches giving me advice that just weren't helping me move past my blocks and be successful in my business and shine the light that I was created to shine in my life. So I made a decision. Are you ready to make a decision? Would you like to stop blocking your own path to success and fulfillment? Maybe you want to gain the confidence to overcome life challenges yourself. You are in the right place if so. We welcome you to listen to this week's discussion. Did you miss a week? You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. It's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello, and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hi, this is Marcia Sortino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Pay Me What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you, too. Okay, time to start the class. As you've completed your timeline journey, where you've wafted between infancy, childhood, teenage years, now adulthood, young adulthood, this class is our 21st class out of 52. Wow. We fail for it. So, temperature check, you are approaching the halfway mark. I also remember at the age of 21 becoming quite aware of what it's like to owe bills and wishing that I was a kid again, and that's where I am in paying what I'm worth. It's very common as we reach exercise 14. Exercise 14, plan to be lucky. That's our topic for today. Plan to be lucky. After completing your timeline and you started charting out a decade, a decade forward, at age 21, I remember having all sorts of dreams, all sorts of ideas. Irma Bombeck was saying something along the lines of everybody has dreams and they put them in a little box and they go to that little box from time to time and they check to see if their dreams are still there. As you were doing your timeline, what dreams popped back up to the surface? I dreamed, even from a child, of having a home, a house that had love in it and a home. I have that now. I had almost given up on having a home, a place that's not just a house, but a place to call home. And I have that now. makes me even more grateful. I actually dreamed of peace. I dreamed of, of just n- not having to feel stress and anxiety. 
I dreamed of being able to rest, like thoroughly rest, <laughs> and not have bad dreams, nightmares, and I dreamed not of waking up in the middle of the night with stomach cramps. I dreamed of going to sleep happy rather than crying myself to sleep, and I dreamed of being a boss lady <laughs> working for myself in some entrepreneurial, owning my own business. Those are my big dreams. I dreamed of being able to travel abroad, dreams that came up. My dream was to be a stay-at-home mom. That I, I don't know where it came from, but I wanted to be home raising my children. I saw my mom work, and I barely spent any time with her growing up, and when she was around, I remember being young and wanting more time with her. She did spend it, but it, I wanted more of it. Do you sense how your dreams flavor your planning? Exercise 14 is about planning out the next decade of your life. You're planning out 2015 to 2025. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened when you did that part of your timeline? What was it like getting out the crystal ball and going, hmm, what do I want to have happen? And how is what you're thinking about planning based on dreams achieved, dreams achieving, and dreams that may seem to be way on the back burner? It's so funny because as you start talking in that very moment, I realized that all of mine were based off of dreams that I had not achieved, like all that stuff that I was just listing out. That was my most prominent thought when I was planning out. I thought about getting ready to be 55 in September. I now have a wonderful home, feels like home. A lot of the things that I planned were in conjunction with having this home and making the home better and being able to travel some and just having a totally peaceful, drama-free life. That's what I want. I got to the point where I started picturing like a huge family reunion because I have family spread out all throughout the United States, even in the Philippines. So it just popped it into my head. That would be one thing I would love if we could get together with all family and really have that reunion planned out. It's interesting because it sounds like we have a theme going of planning our future, but taking back those moments that we didn't have. It sounds like our worth, our value, have heavy on those, the peace and the joy and the relationships all those things, that, and finances really doesn't even seem to be on the radar. <laughs> that's a huge aha, huge aha. There's another theme that I'm hearing. What was one of the first exercises you had to do on your journey? Do you recall? You had to sign something. What was it? We had to sign a contract, yeah. And that contract was based on agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's remember our conversations around the differences between agreements and expectations. What were we talking about there? you recall? We talked about how an agreement and an expectation were different 
in that an agreement was something you agree with somebody else on what specific area that you're agreeing to and an expectation is not concrete like an agreement based on what you want rather than what is agreed upon, whether it's in writing or spoken are not completely different, but it is different. Mm-hmm. What else? There's another key component about the difference between expectations and agreements, and it has to do with that word that starts with A, and you can divide the word to make an ass out of you and me. Assumption. Right. When I hear Chelsea saying that she's looking towards a future, planning a future of peace and tranquility and harmony, if a family structure, if a business structure, if some type of structure isn't told that dream, if I have a really tumultuous relationship with someone and the possibility of having a peaceful relationship with that person seems like really wishful thinking, and I put down in my timeline that I want to have a very peaceful existence, yet I also intend on having the same people in my address book, and those people seem to be bent on dramas and traumas and seeking attention based on those dramas and traumas. Am I going to fulfill my dream of having a peaceful existence? No, you're going to have to make changes in that, in the people that you associate with. So those people that you're seeking to make changes, are you going to expect them to change, or are you going to have agreements with them? Where am I going with this conversation? Any, you see what I'm trying to tickle out here? Yeah, we, we have relationships because with the agreement, we might have to set new agreements with people in relationships. New boundaries. Those, no, exactly, new boundaries. Those people will have to have a conversation with them and, and let them know this is where you are now. These are where your boundaries are. It's fine if they don't are not able to accommodate that, but there needs to be an understanding that then you might not be hearing or seeing me very much, and that doesn't mean that I don't care about you or whatever. It just means that this is where my boundaries are. I had an incident this week where I set a really strong boundary with a friend of mine who we were supposed to do a trip, and now we're not doing it because I decided not to discount myself and just go just because I could go. I wanted to go and have peace, and with her I would not have have peace. In order for me to have an agreement with someone, there has to be a verbal communication. If I don't have that verbal communication with the person, then I'm going to assume that they're just going to do what I expect them to do, and which is not fair to me or to the other person. So in order for me to have an agreement with someone, I need to verbally express to them what it is I want and in turn get what I expect. Does it necessarily require a verbal discussion, though? For example, there are some relationships that I have had in my past, and I guess technically speaking, that person, those people are part of my life in an abstract way, I suppose, but do I necessarily need to go have that discussion with them? I feel quite honestly that if we've not had any discussion in, in the last year, five years, ten years, I think that pretty much says it. Not, that's good. That's fine with me. Well... Okay, I see that, but I also see where there's some assumptions. It's really based on the relationship that you have with the person. If I truly care for you, I'm going to have that conversation with you. And if I'm not going to assume that there cannot be an assumption if there is an agreement, because a higher chance of 
whatever it is that I was expecting without communicating, it's not going to work out. I'm going to find myself frustrated. I'm going to find myself angered. I don't want to put anything upon myself where I feel if I have a very good relationship with someone, it's only fair that I communicate that to them. Exactly, great point. Because there are people that come back in our lives. Uh, I can think of a couple of friends that I haven't spoken to in over 15 years probably. We've recently reconnected on Facebook. And so it's those are relationships where we can reestablish. We have to rekindle anyway. We have to reintroduce ourselves to each other. So that's a really good point. As you think about planning the next decade, let me reframe the idea. If I came to you, Julia, and I said, Julia, I want you to build me a house, and I walked away. That was all I told you. I want you to build me a house. What would you do? I would ask you questions. What type of house do you want? How many rooms? How many bathrooms? Do you want a finished basement? Do you want a chef's kitchen? If I go ahead and make a house based on nothing out of assumption of what I think you like, you're most likely not going to like the house because <laughs> I'll probably make exactly. it the way I like it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The blueprints that you might draw up for my house might be nowhere near the blueprints for the house that I have in mind. Even though you, let's pretend, Julia, you and I, we've known each other all our lives. We've been practically joined at the hip. You have the assumption you know me very, very well. And so when I say, Julia, why don't you build me a house? You might run on the notion that, well, because I know soul so well, I'm going to make the following agreements with people to build things. And then I come along and go, what the hell are you doing? What, what's all this about, right? Your last 10 years of your timeline is your blueprints. How might sitting down with every person you know and sharing with them, you know, I'm planning out the next decade of my life, and it occurred to me that I would like you to be part of my life. Just saying that to them. What do you think might happen? They would ask you questions about what you're thinking, how you came to those conclusions. And it would certainly then be like that trigger for them to start probably assessing themselves and and where they would like to go, how they would like their futures to be. And whether they would want you in their future. Key point. I don't know about you, but if I had someone show up in my life where I have not necessarily had that most tight a relationship with, and they said to me that they're planning out the next decade of their life, and it occurred to them that they would like to have me in their life, I'd probably start crying. Yes, that is very, very touching and inspiring. It would be it's an honor if someone said that to me. It speaks volumes of the, the person that we are. And it also offers me the opportunity that if I approached someone who I want to have in my life, but they're a bit too drama and trauma oriented for me, or there's there's something about the relationship that it's a powerful teacher for me because obviously it's causing strife, it's causing conflict. So I need not discount it. I want to learn what is it about that part of them that's causing me disharmony. It opens up the dialogue for me to learn what's up with that disharmony, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. 
I feel the wheels turning. I feel the wheels turning. What's going on? This is actually opening up. It's making some hard conversations that I know are looming. <laughs> it's it's certainly giving me a blueprint for opening up the conversation in a less stressful way. It's also giving the opportunity to get to know that person, to get to see what they're about. What are they thinking of? Where do you step in? It'll help you be the better person, not only to that person, but to other people. Because I'm sure there are going to be other people involved in that timeline in the 10 years. So it just builds, it brightens, if I'm saying this correctly, it just builds a, a broader relationship. You actually learn something from this. I, can, I, I could see myself learning how to deal with people and putting myself in a situation where I see that it's not good, what can I do to make it better? And sometimes in making it better, I have to just step away. Yep. Part of this realization is looking at your address book, looking at your 10 years ahead of you, and looking at that address book and going, just because you're in my address book right now doesn't mean you're going to be in my address book six months from now, a year from now, a decade from now. If you recall, one of the things that I mentioned early on in our journey is as you go through this adventure, you're going to discover there are a number of people who may choose to opt out of knowing you because you're changing. And because you're changing, they have to do a little more work in knowing you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. In today's on-demand, click-it-now, CNN, ADD world, how many people take the time to really want to know you? (laughs) Very few. Very, very few. The list gets shorter every year. And the thing that I find the most ironic and I have found quite hurtful too is that when someone like myself arrives in someone's life and really wants to really know somebody and really wants to put in the effort to know somebody and nourish them and allow them to nourish me, they don't know how to accept it. They don't want to accept it. They absolutely will push it away. And I have found that to be the most ironic and painful. It's like, really? I don't even understand that. Could that be considered an expectation that you have, Christina? I suppose it could be, Marcia. Yeah, because my expectation is literally I'm here and I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to know you. I'm willing to love you. So, yeah, I guess I do have an expectation that that would be received. Right. Good point. I'm framing this 10 years planning, this part of your exercise of the timeline, frames the rest of our journey. In Chapter 5, we begin to look at relationship building, solid, ethical, long-term, lifelong relationship building. And I commend each of you for the work you've done on your journey so far because Frankly, is it fair to say that until you really know yourself in a more refreshed way, how can you get to know somebody else? Amen. You better preach. Very true, very true. So true. Yes, that's so good. What have you learned about yourself so far? I've learned I'm not willing to discount myself just for a brief moment of pleasure like a vacation. And I'm not going to do that anymore. 
I've learned in all of my efforts to control my environment so that I don't get hurt or so that I don't disappoint or so that I make sure that someone else doesn't feel hurt or disappointed or less than. I've actually welcomed all of that negative emotion and experience into my life, and it has really largely kept me hidden from myself as well as from the world for most of my life. I've learned that it is okay to say no. It's just amazing. For me, when I first said it, it was so empowering to me. And I'm not going around going, no, 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 every single time, but I'm able to make decisions without having the guilt, the shame, or worry, or spending the night not being able to sleep, that it is okay. I made the decision, and I stick by it. So I've learned saying no is okay. Can't make Julia, it that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I'm making an assumption that in the culture in which you were raised, for you to say no, especially to a few individuals, is borderline war-making. <laughs> yeah, I am so serious when I say this. There are certain things in my life that I enjoy that I've had to give up on other things, and that was saying yes, the, the moment, to live in the moment that of, of things that I could not have done before. And so I stay committed to the things that bring joy and peace to me, and those are things that I'm not going to give up. And if I see that there are other outside factors that can take me away from that, I'm going to say no to it. I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to make everything about me, what makes me happy, what brings me peace, what brings me joy, be with my family, things that I could not have done before. I have a flexible schedule now. I want to maintain it that way. Is it fair to say, Julia, that you realize that in loving you and appreciating you, valuing you, and feeding you, you're actually able to give and do more for others? Yes. Yes. I'm more involved in my work. I get pleasure in the work that I'm doing. I'm very excited about what I'm doing. Ten years is long term. I feel that being in the moment is short term. So I'm going to have to take myself a little bit out of the comfort zone that I'm in to see myself and visualize where I'm going to be 10 years from now because I'm so comfortable where I am right now. I see that, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to shift it. Do you see how I've given you all a pattern, kind of like if you're going to make a shirt or a dress or a pair of pants? It's nice to have a pattern. It's not a cookie-cutter one-size-fits-all by no means, But I've given you a tool to approach people. I've given you a tool to sit down with them or call them or write them. Tool for you to practice what I'm hearing you all say that you've learned about yourself. You've all learned to be more genuine. True? Yes. 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 Does it feel like the world has been lifted from your shoulders from time to time? (laughs) A lot. A lot. Yes. Yeah. See, I feel as much that is going on in my life, in my world right now, as stressful as things can be, there can be some pain there. All of that's going on in my life. There's challenges there. But I have never felt more happy and stress-free and alive and excited and just grateful. I feel so grateful these days. 
it's it's just fantastic and fabulous. Like it's such a light feeling. It's so good. It's, there are moments where the only way I can express it is tears. That makes any sense. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. That's, That's exactly awesome. what I was going through in these past few months. Just that whole change, that whole shift of feeling grateful and feeling alive. And I realized that, gee, I really can just send somebody a message and ask them if we can talk. I don't need to have any really agenda other than to get to know them, and then eventually the world is kind of opening up. (laughs) So it's a really good feeling to have that, a gift that I feel was given to me, and I feel blessed. On many diplomas, the verbiage of rights and responsibilities is generally sprinkled in there. Rights and responsibilities, because I completed a, a particular training program or a college level something or whatever, and I get my diploma, I now have bestowed certain rights and responsibilities. I have the right to be able to be confident because I've received the training. I have the right to step into my light because now I am stepping into my light more consciously. But with that comes the responsibility of being even more awake and aware Is it fair to say that this timeline journey for each of you has shaken the dust off your own light bulbs? You have more light on who you are and where you've been? Oh, yeah. I realized that I, as much as I thought I've always known, like I thought I really know me. Nobody knows me as good as I know me. I was quite self-aware, but Lord knows I was nowhere near knowing me, that's for sure. (laughs) I was nowhere near knowing me. I think a lot of that is because I was going through life with those expectations of others and trying to live in their life, what I should be, who I should be, and what I should be doing, because I had the worry of not being accepted or loved. I doubted if they would accept or love me no matter what. Now, I don't have that anchor of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. I'm not saying that I'm completely free 100% of the time. still a growing process, but good Lord knows, just releasing that crap. Like I was saying on a Periscope earlier this week, like I am crushing on me so much every day. It is amazing how much I love me so much more every day. Yeah, like, and when I really finished demoting my internal chaos committee, y'all better watch out. (laughs) So imagine what that would be like as you sit down with people and say, you're planning out the next decade of your life. And it occurs to me, I'd like to have you in my life. And as we open up our dialogue as to if you say, yes, you would like to be part of my life, let me share with you a a recent discovery. I've discovered just how vocal my chaos committee is. Have you heard of the chaos committee? It's chaos. (laughs) Can you imagine how much bonding you two will do as you explore your respective chaos committees? That's a really good conversation with someone. Really? Absolutely. I've already got my first five people in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Does it occur to you that people who you have conflicts with 
that their chaos committee and your chaos committee might just be identical, and that's why there's chaos? Hmm, that's possible. Just like parents, when they don't get along with their kids, it's usually because they're just alike. (laughs) That's funny you would say that, Christina. I can relate to that. (laughs) So planning your timeline. Do your best to keep exercise 14 an ongoing task. It will feed into Chapter 5. By talking with people, by planning things out, by making agreements, every single person in my address book knows that we have an anniversary date. It might be their birthday. It might be a specific day where we've enjoyed a a fun something together. But we create an anniversary date, just like couples do. And on that anniversary date, we commit to an hour conversation And in that conversation, we go through what has happened, what is happening, and what we would like to happen. And so if there are assumptions that have crept in, if there are expectations that have crept in, if there are weeds growing in our garden, we can identify them. We can pull them out. We can recognize what inspired those weeds. What was it that we did in our lives that inspired those weeds. And so our anniversary date is really a birthday of our relationship. Every single relationship has two birthdays then, our natal birthday and the day that we have selected to celebrate our relationship. And there are times where I've had people who that day is coming and something chaotic is going on in their life. As I look at my address list, more and more people are now falling into that caregiver role. And when you fall into that caregiver role, as we all know, our days even become more unpredictable. And there are times where our anniversary date, I get a phone call or a text message saying, darling, we're going to have to reschedule. Mom's in the hospital. And that's absolutely fine. That is keeping with our agreement that we will meet. Now, if that day comes where we've agreed to meet and I've heard nothing from them, And our agreement is that we're going to meet and I open up the call or I do something to reach out and I'm not connecting. Now the agreement has changed. I'm not sure why the agreement has changed, but the agreement has changed. And that's something for us to talk about should we choose to connect in the future. What did I just implicitly plant there? The reestablishing what the agreement is since that agreement wasn't met for there to be a future should that be decided on mutually before we can move forward. We got to talk about why the agreement wasn't met. And then at that time, we can both decide whether or not there needs to be a future date set. Bingo. Bingo. I make no assumptions. I make no expectations. You all have done tremendous amount of work up until this point, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Sure have. Savor this work, ladies. I agree. I was going through and I realized that when I was working, I was just looking forward to retirement, but I never actually made a plan of what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm going to use exercise 14 as part of my retirement. There you go. Oh, that's a good one, Julia. 
I think I'll talk to my daddy about that. He's getting ready to come up on his retirement. I think I'll talk to him about that. Honestly, I don't know if I know what that word retirement means. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. I plan to die on stage giving a lecture to a couple million people live. <laughs> Just keel over. I mean, what a drama really queen. Though. What a freaking drama queen. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, can we spare the people the trauma of you killing over on stage? So maybe you can be in your hotel room after you've left stage. In your no, smiling. no, no. I'm going to go out with a bang. <laughs> you like the crescendo, huh? <laughs> please, please. Gently go into that good night. Not for me. I don't think so. So as you look at exercise 14, you're going to begin to discover that you now have a template to really make agreements with yourself that are organic. What do I mean by organic agreements? They're able to be fluid and change as circumstances change. You know what makes it great? Because if they're organic, that helps you rid yourself of the expectation too. Bingo. I recall Julia mentioning in one of the calls how it became fundamentally aware to her that her physical body is not necessarily capable of doing what her physical body used to be able to do. Well, that's a sign of worth decay. (laughs) It's time for me to go to the gym. (laughs) And I I signed up for the gym, too. (laughs) I just need to tone up a little bit. That's it. (laughs) There you go. It's never too late. I've had a 92-year-old who went through the same program you're going through. She's now taking this program into the intentional living community she's in. It is not a retirement center. It is a community of people that intentionally, when they were 65, got together and planned the community they were going to build, to live in, and move into when they reached 85. They made agreements. They made investments. They took control of their future. That's what I'm asking you to do with exercise 14. Plan to be lucky. I feel the wheels grinding. I also feel a lot of fear. Is my perception of some fear accurate? Yep. Unknown, yeah. I'd say a little bit, a little bit. I'd say I'm not sure what I'm feeling. (laughs) I'm just still exploring that feeling of fear is overcome more with the excitement of actually being able to plan, I think. Ten years, that's a long time to look at. I feel more excitement about the next ten years of my life than I ever did in the past. It'll go by so quickly. Those of us that have children could remember giving birth to our children, and like yesterday, and now they're grown and on their own. With my little one, the time, it seems like yesterday I remember actually holding her for the first time. I remember bringing her home and how excited I was. And she's going to be five. Time flies by so quickly. And 10 years seems like a long time, but reality check, it could just fly by us. So why not have fun and enjoy the moment and make plans for the future? Something that just occurred to me is looking to these conversations that I'll be having with people. I would much rather have the conversation and have the knowledge, the definite knowledge of, okay, this relationship has run its course, and that's fine. I can accept that. I can deal with that. Versus not knowing exactly why the hell (laughs) there is no communication, why there were 
feelings left unresolved or whatever. It just occurred to me in that moment, the knowing is in itself a gift. That knowing is the water to the fire of stress. Think about this. The more I awaken, the more you awaken, the more people who love me, the more people who love you awaken to the fact, A, we're perfect, as we are right now. B, we're unconditionally loved, always, period, full stop, end of story. Knowing that, knowing those two items right there, my dears, feel that for a moment. You're perfect and you're unconditionally loved right now and forever. Feel it. Take it from the head. Move it to the heart. Breathe. With a deep breath, that divine gift of air that our beloved Mother Earth has given us to feel alive. Whenever I really need to feel alive, I take a deep breath. And every time I'm conscious of my deep breath, I tingle. I feel a tingle throughout my entire body when I take a strong, conscious, deep breath. And that tingle reminds me I'm a miracle. And I'm living in a world with a billion other miracles around me all the time. I'll plant this notion. One of the reasons why economies grow strong, and economies grow strong where the wealth is distributed, is when people have a conscious focus on the future long term. One of the reasons why our world is seeing such chaos right now is so many organizations, businesses, and people are focused on what? Right now, right? Correct. So true. Yes. How much money can I make on you right now? How much of your time and attention can I get right now? True? Mm -hmm. Very true. And how much power? Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you all to shift your perspective to a decade at a time, long term. The wisdom of many Native American elder circles is they look at decades out. They look at that for one tree that's chopped down today, they need to plant five trees now so that in years to come they have the trees to chop down again. So by having the longer-term vision, keep your eye on the bigger picture. I'm going to wrap our journey of exercise 14 with this question. What's your big vision? What's your big vision? My big vision is have a very peaceful life, a wonderful home, and be able to live and not worry about, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to eat? My big vision is to have a comfortable life with someone I love. I think I still need to ponder on my big vision. I really will feature in respect to what I hadn't had, and so I'm very much in what you were just saying, Soul, in that what, what I want and, and need now. Well, you know, this, this is one of the things I've really been thinking a lot of lately. Where do I want to be 10 years from now? One of the things that... 
I know I really, really want to accomplish is to get a full-time homeless shelter opened, to be able to wake up every day excited, raise my arms and say, hey, I don't have to go to work today. I'm going to go spend the day with my grandchildren, and I'm going to get that home in Florida that I want. This is just the beginning of my vision. I'm still pondering and working on this as I make changes in myself and in my mind. So I've got a ways to go, but that's okay because I'm beginning. My big vision is to continue to love what I'm doing, expand and grow, change with the process. My big vision is to profit from it. My big vision is to leave what I have created, what I have taught, what I have learned as a legacy to my children. Give them the option to decide what they want to do with what I leave for them. My big vision is to keep discovering myself, to hone down my skills, to find that grand purpose. Still not sure, guys, (laughs) what that is, but I'm going to figure that out. I also have that vision of having a huge network of people around the world that I'm connected to, that whenever I want to take a trip to another country, bam, That person is my connection. And I'm going to get back to Hawaii. That's my big vision right there. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) As we ponder our organic big pictures, I'll leave you with this notion that you all have done some tremendous work, and I am deeply grateful Part of my bigger vision is to be of service always. You're part of that vision. Your growth, your ahas, your oh shits, your everything else in between. <laughs> Thoughts, final takeaways? Thank you so much for spending the time with us to help us grow. My pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely so. Absolutely. This was really a wonderful, wonderful session in class today. I just love the whole idea of having to look at the next 10 years, how we can approach people with including them and figuring out if they are somebody that we want to include in our lives. And being able to open that conversation, I just love the way that whole scenario sounds. It sounds really good to actually ask people to help you plan out and include them in that next 10-year journey. I'm excited. Mm, Yum. (laughs) Before you go, though, I just wanted to tell you, I redid one of the exercises, and that was going through our stuff. Do we need this, our materialistic things? And there was one thing that I didn't do, and that was to go through my armoire. And I remember that in my armoire, I had all this makeup and cream and things that I really, really liked. I went through the armoire. I organized everything the way that I want. I even put the labels and everything. That was just one extra thing I did that I'm very, very proud of. I love the way it looks, and I just want to thank you for just giving us the idea to go through our things just to find the things that are important to us. So this was one of the things I did over the week because I do like cosmetics and I just fixed it up really, really nice. Sweet. Oh, sweet. That'll be a great blog post. I love it.
This has been a great call, ladies. I think it's been a thorough call and no need to really extend it. I will say that point that you just made, Julia, is another refreshing aha and that I've realized, and that's everything doesn't always have to be so grandiose. It's those small things. Those small things exactly. also, they matter so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they do. Mm-hmm. It is those small things that fertilize our dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, that was great. Thanks for listening. As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help people get serious about removing blocks to success. Blocks like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. As you've just heard, our team is both real and serious about being the best that we can be. How about you? Are you ready? Are you ready to remove these blocks in your life? As you can see, I'm very serious about helping you live your life with less stress and more success. Call me at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 so that we can talk about your next steps. To help you take those steps, you're welcome to listen to our library of over 200 very powerful on-demand shows downloadable just for you at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And before you go, let's continue this conversation in the comment box below. I look forward to talking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for pay radio, radio worth listening to. Have a great day.